Welcome aboard. This is your Captain Johnny. And first mate Jess, thank you for joining us on our chaotic journey through fan fiction. This podcast will contain adult situations and themes. I would strongly suggest using caution when listening in public. But what do I know? We do not own these stories or characters. They're just along for the ride upon the Ships of Chaos. Hey, Chaotics, how you doing? Hey, everyone. This is Johnny. Welcome to... This is Justina. Welcome to Chaotic Thursday. We're on Chapter 3 of Spaces Between the Notes. Yes, and we are using a new type of recording software today, so just bear with us while we try to figure that out. Hopefully, our episodes will be cleaner when we edit them. Mm -hmm. Yep, it's always exciting to try new software. But also sometimes a hassle, but it'll work out. It'll work. I'm excited for this new software. Yeah. Uh, How's your week going so far? How'd your interview go? Did you have your interview? Yes, and I got the job. It took me exactly two days to get a new job. <laughs> nice. Well, congratulations. It's very exciting. But I'll be selling cell phones at Walmart. The Walmart that um you used to work. Yeah. At. But it's for a different company. <laughs> but for a different company. That's funny. Well, again, congratulations. I'm glad you found something. I knew I knew you would. I wasn't worried about you. I was I was like Wanda on WandaVision. I'm fine. Yeah, right. Crying. Very ugly crying, but <laughs> nice. So I spoiled myself yesterday. And I have purple hair again. That's great. So this new software, our video isn't as crisp, clean, crisp. So I couldn't tell if it was the light from your computer or it's really cool. So it's like dark on top, light on the bottom, uh-huh. like a different shade of purple. Yeah, it, it kind of just blends. Nice. That's cool. So. But I have a new job. Um. I just have to go through the background check, and hopefully that goes through within a couple days. And, oh, you know what? Like, it has, like, a counter at the corner here telling us how long we've been talking. Oh, nice. So. But um, how was your week so far? My week's been good. We've been packing, just getting ready for a big move. And I'm pregnant and tired. <laughs> I'm in the second trimester now, so my appetite and energy is slowly coming back, but a lot. We've got a lot going on. How's the morning sickness? Over here. Um, it's better. So I'm I'm able to eat more, and I feel like that's helping my morning sickness stay down. Some days I still get nauseous and some, like, smells, and I have some aversions, but other than that, I mean, it's looking more positive for me. Good, 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 good. So, yeah. So, why don't you give us a recap of last week? Yep. So, last week on Chapter 2, we, uh, not we, Carlisle is putting on a show, and he's making sure that the club or the bar he's at is an all-ages arena, venue, so that Bella could come. 
we meet, I believe he's his manager, maybe friend slash manager, Alistair, a.k.a. Peter Pettigrew. (laughs) (laughs) Because now I can't picture him any other way. But we meet him, and he meets Bella. And he kind of has a talk about Bella with Carlisle. And it's like, oh, I see why you like her. She's young, though. That happens. And then after the show... Bella and Carlisle have a nice dinner, and they're talking about, like, their backgrounds and their lives, and they end up back at his hotel room, where things get a little hot and heavy. There's some heavy petting, but Carlisle realizes how inexperienced she is and kind of puts the brakes on it, even after Bella's like, yeah, we should stop. So he stops it, and... That's it. I think he says goodnight to her, goes to sleep in the other room. Yeah, we're, we're left a little blue balled, but with respect. Mm-hmm. But with re- absolute respect. I don't think I'm missing anything, right? It was just a lot of like them connecting over dinner. She gets to see his show finally. He feels like he's singing or she feels like he is singing directly to her in the front row which I think he is, on purpose. He keeps singing towards her. Actually, she's not front row. She's backstage watching him. She is backstage. Okay, front row, backstage. Alistair went and got her and brought her backstage, and she was like, ew, creepy guy, leave me alone. He's like, Peter Pettigrew, you're gross. So, and he's like, Alistair's like, no, Carlisle sent me to get you. Okay, yeah, that's okay. I, I do remember that now, and she was backstage. No, would you rather see a show from backstage or would you rather see it in that like VIP first row first seat like smack dab in the middle what would you prefer I think I would rather be backstage like right there on the wings of the stage yeah yeah so when I'm thinking about it like front row you can like see what's going on on the stage like full view you're getting like full frontal but from the v- <laughs> from the VIP or the backstage you're just getting like side profiles. I mean, obviously there's more interaction because when they come off the stage. But you're only getting that like side profile. That's true. So then you're kind of missing stuff that's happening on stage, but then you're getting that like hands-on um full like first contact. So, I don't know. Kind of a topic. I don't know. I've never been front row at a concert. I'm usually like way in the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So hopefully when I um, I take mom to go see Celtic Thunder in November, uh, we'll be more closer. Because I want to see Damian yeah. McGinty so close. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh my God, Damian McGinty. First saw him on, <laughs> on Glee, but once I saw him like on his own, I was like... <sighs> <laughs> Okay, we're getting off topic here. <laughs> All right, stop drooling. Let's uh, let's get into this. Okay, so there is an author's note to this. I have. Can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because my my Chrome froze. The author's note <clears throat> before I start reading. <clears throat> I'd like to take this time to remind you this fic is dedicated dedicated to Jesse. PT. So if you have complaints, you blame her. 
Thanks for reading. I actually enjoy writing this little fic, even though writing Carlisle as a sexual being is just wrong. Hint. Oh, Tegel made me a gorgeous banner. Check it out. Link to all my banners in my profile. I hope you all had a good Christmas. Okay, so I posted the the banner onto our group already. It was like before we even started reading this. So, yeah, I already posted okay. the banner. But yeah, he right. just wanted to let us know once again that um, Carlisle. There's somebody else to blame for this. Thing. Yeah, Carlisle <laughs> as a sexual being is just wrong, 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 wrong. Yeah, you know what though? So. Netflix has recently put on all of the Twilight movies, and I've been watching them slowly. I mean, I can see it. Carlisle is, like, um, one of those really sexy dads. He's just a really sexy dad. And so I'm trying to, like, I was trying to picture him as, like, the rock star. Like, did they mention in the first chapter that he wears a black wig? Yes. Yeah. So I, I mean, I could see it with, like, some smudgy mascara and eyeliner. I'm not gonna knock it, but with Bella, I mean, ugh. <laughs> well, in in my in my most recent Twilight story, Carlisle was with Alice, and everybody's like, "This is so raw." Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. But I wanted like Jasper to be single, and I didn't know how to do that. <laughs> yeah. So I had to put Alice with somebody else. And Carlisle is the only one available, I guess. <laughs> and I think. Uh, Esme's with Tanya. Mm. So, but yeah. <laughs> okay, so are you ready to get into the story now? Yep. Okay. The sun had long set before someone came to find him. Alistair, his friend and manager, knocked on his door. But Carlisle didn't answer. He shouldn't have been surprised when the man retrieved a key and led himself into the hotel room. Carlisle didn't acknowledge his friend. He kept on at what he'd been doing for hours now, sitting in his comfortable suite, staring out the window as day turned to night across the Portland skyline. Are you drunk, Carlisle? Alistair asked, and Carlisle wasn't so far gone he couldn't hear the incredulity in the other man's voice. It had been a long time since he'd had more than a casual beer. A very long time. I didn't want I didn't want to think for a while, he finally explained himself. What he really meant was he didn't want to feel. Just for a few hours, he wanted to turn everything off. Alistair sighed and stooped. He gripped Carlisle under his arms, hauling him up. Get in the shower. Don't make me strip you. You won't like it, and I'll make sure of that. Absolutely believing he would do it, Carl, Carlisle stumbled into the shower. He stood under the water, not washing, but letting the warmth slide over him. He rested his head against the cool tile and stood there until the water ran cold. When he got out of the shower and dressed, he left the bathroom to find Alistair had ordered room service and lots of it. Didn't know what you'd want tonight. His tone characteristically cheeky. When Carlisle didn't crack a smile, he shook his head. Crass. Sit. Talk. When Carlisle sat mechanically, he pushed coffee at him and laughed, shaking his head. I know that look. You're about to spout some poetic nonsense at me. 
He was quiet for a moment, thoughtful. I'm a, I'm a straightforward kind of guy. Numbers, logic. This is what makes sense to me. I could never see the world like you do. He grinned. Oh my goodness, this guy. Laviciously. Yeah. But I never needed to. Not following you like I do. Being close to you is always enough to get me laid. And that's enough for me. <laughs> this finally got a reaction out of Carlisle. The corner of his mouth lifted. I sent you, her home to her father, he said flatly. You're pretty, Bella. Carlisle nodded slowly and closed his eyes. Her phone had been going off since about six in the morning. It was on silent, but when it lit up, it displayed a man around his age with Bella's brown hair and eyes. Dad, it said. Carlisle turned the phone over. At eight, he squeezed his eyes closed, his will, his will wavering. Somehow, this girl, this woman, had changed his existence. He won Wait, is this like a flash um, back? I think it is. Somehow this girl, this woman, had changed his existence. He wanted how desperately he wanted the future that had spun before his eyes last night. A future he thought he'd put away long ago. He shook his head hard, remembering his resolve and why it had to be that way. Lowering himself back on the bed, he wrapped a, an arm around her, splaying his hand wide across her stomach as his lips tilted her chin up. He sucked slightly lightly drinking in her moans as she came awake she blinked awake her eyes focusing slowly the confusion in her expression changed slowly as shy adoration as he stroked the pads of his fingers across her cheek hey she whispered the scratchy quality of her voice was better than music to his ears ha he whispered back slowly he kissed her chin each of her cheeks, the tip of her nose before he lingered on her temple. Her breath caught and she pulled away slightly, her eyes searching his. Her fingertips played along his stubble-covered stubble chin. It's, o it's over, isn't it? He didn't answer, couldn't. His heart was pounding too fast, twisting with the ache of loss. His throat was too tight. He had no idea how she'd known. But he wasn't surprised. She was perceptive. And even in the little time he'd known her, it was obvious she saw much she saw too much of him. Is is it because of last night? There was that same scratchy tone he'd already fallen in love with, but the pitch was lower, sadder somehow. Like a bluesy ballad, she pulled her knees up close to her chest as she sat up. And he hated that he made her retreat like that. No, Bella, of course not. He was still whispering. He sat up too, his back against the headboard, and put his arm over her shoulder. When she leaned into him, he put his hand beneath her chin, tilting her face up, and kissed her. It was a serious kind of kiss, slow and soft. Before he could make himself pull away, the kiss built, a flame sucking up. But little oxygen was left, trying not to go out. 
the way they kissed, then had the taint of desperation. Her arms wound around him, her fingers tangling in his hair, tugging to the point of pain. But he didn't care. He only held her tighter, kissing her deeper. There's a way we'd figure it out, Bella said breathlessly when they parted. He took her face between his hands, slowly shaking his head. She nodded, knowing he was right, and tilted her head up to catch his kiss again. They shifted, rolled, and she was beneath him on the bed, her body pressing up against his even as his weight pinned her down. He needed to feel her against him like this once, just once, like he could absorb her into himself and keep her there, safe under his skin. Neither of them were trying to arouse as their bodies moved together. This wasn't about that. They were feeling, memorizing, expressing all the things they would never have time to say to each other. Eventually, their favorite kisses slowed, became something more achingly, tender. They'd rolled again, and he held her cradled against his side now. Her legs pitched up over his, their body wrapped around each other. He hugged her to him tightly, pulled back to look at her, his thumb stroking away the tears that had gathered beneath her eyes. He kissed her one last time, chaste, sweet, and then he let her go. That kind of hurts. Wow. Yeah, I, I don't like what's happening. Um, can you remind me in the last chapter when they were having dinner, did they have a conversation about why she's kind of like rebelling against Charlie? Not really. No, so I just wonder where this is coming from. Like, I know he's having, it sounds like he's having inner turmoil about why she's so young. Uh-huh. About, oh, not about why, but that she is so young. Uh-huh. So I'm sure it's like a um, him decision, but for it to escalate to this point where he's like, yeah, this is probably going to end. Yeah. It's just a little sudden and it's making me uncomfortable. I don't think like she's rebelling so much as she really is in love with this rock star and she doesn't care. What Charlie has to say. Yeah. Because, like, yeah, she's rebelling a bit, but it's not just to rebel. It's because she really does love this guy. Yeah. But it is sudden. They've seen each other twice. I was going to say, like, there's, like, I love the celebrities, my, like, that I've grown up with. I love them. But I also don't know them. So it's kind of a different kind of love you know and just for her to be like head over heels so quickly I don't know. I'm not gonna judge I don't she know she does kind of feel like she does know him through his music yeah yeah and she, he feels like she knows him because nobody has understood his music quite like she has yeah I mean that's absolutely fair I just feel like it's very quick for it to be so it feels very twilight ish she meets Edward for a second and then they're like partners for life like that's it speaking of okay so um Stephanie Meyer is Mormon Latter-day Saints right I am Latter-day Saints (laughs) may not seem it but I am (laughs) um and we were singing one of the hymns today and um one of the lines in the hymn was um Maybe one day the lion will uh, be able to lie down with the lamb. 
and oh, that's very. And my mind Twilight. went straight to Twilight about how the oh the lion has fell in love with the, the lamb. The lamb, and then what a stupid lamb! What a sick masochistic lion! Yeah, that's great. I just watched that movie last night. So. <laughs> but no, my mind went straight to that at church today. Nice. So. But no, uh, yeah, it is very quick, and I, I kind of like love that whole uh, love at first sight thing, but it's just very unrealistic to me. Maybe it's because I did have like an engagement that happened like twenty four hours after I met the person, and that fell fell apart really quickly. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm different. Like I knew I, when I met my husband that I I was going to spend the rest of my life with him, but I also took a lot of time to nurture the relationship before we got married before we moved in so I mean I don't know everybody's life choices are different and I'm not judging whatever works you know sometimes it ends up being perfect a perfect match and it makes sense I just I just feel like this relationship in this story is just I don't know it just makes me a little uncomfortable because it is very quick he's a lot older than her and she has only listened to his music like and then there's people like Buddy Holly who goes out with his future wife and asks her to marry him three hours later. Right, right. I mean, I and get they it. Had a, no, absolutely. Yeah. And they had a they had a good marriage, right? Yeah, until he died eighteen months later. Yeah, well, then you can't control that. But I mean, like I said, I think sometimes it could work out for the best. I just also think sometimes you need to nurture a relationship before it can be. Yeah. Well, let's get back to the broadcast. We went way off topic. Yeah. You didn't want to do it. It was not a question. Carlisle didn't lift his head, but took another long pull of coffee. It was the last thing I wanted to do. Alistair hummed noncommittally. That that doesn't track, Carlisle. She is an adult. And you're a free thinker. You've always believed in following your heart. You would have pushed over anyone who told you they knew what was better for you when you were 18. Hell, that is what you did when you were 18. And you've built a whole, you've built a whole philosophy out of not regretting, regretting diving in life head first without looking. If it is what you wanted and what she wanted... Why didn't you let it happen? Yes, I, I knew what I wanted. Carlisle turned the coffee cup between restless hands. If I had gone further down that road with her, I would never have been able to stop. His friend gave an incredulous huff. What? A girl you don't know? At that, Carl, Carlisle had to smile. 22 years of following me around the world, you should know the answer to that question. Some things you just know. It made Carlisle's head spin to think about the life he'd held in his hand for scant of minutes. He shook his head. Bella just isn't the kind of girl you take to your bed once. She isn't that kind of story. In all his years, Carlisle had never regretted the people he shared intimate moments with. They were all special in some way. Stories he collected and held, and held dear to his heart. 
I would have had wanted her forever. His heart ached at the prospect wanting, and she would have stayed. And what good could have come of that? Alistair finished for him. Carlyle's throat was tight, but he nodded. He spun out so many scenarios, none of them turned out well. At least none of them turned out good enough for her. You're right, she's 18. She has to make her own choices, and she will make her own mistakes. His shoulders slumped. I could be one of them. I just couldn't let that happen. And she understood? Carlisle smiled, was private, then as he remembered. It hurt, yes, but it had only reinforced the perfect image he would carry with him for the rest of his life. The way her body had felt as he hugged her one last time, standing by her ancient, dilapidated truck, her head resting against his shoulder, and her breath soft and warm against his neck. In a lot of ways, he reflected, it might have been easier if she pitched a fit, acting her age, proved to him that she was the immature child she, in all fairness, should have been at that point. But she didn't argue, didn't really fuss. Like him, she understood that the ending to the story they were writing was sweet and beautiful, just like this. Time would only have tainted what they found in two amazing nights. Both of them would treasure forever. She'd never been meant for him, not then, and they both knew it. Maybe she would become a doctor or a scientist like she dreamed of. Maybe her life would pull her down another unexpected path. That was the only way it was supposed to be, the natural order of things. Alistair put a hand on his shoulder and squeezed. You did the right thing, he assured for what, what it was worth. Carlyle sat back in the sofa, trying to ignore the knife twisting away at the very center of his heart. Do you think I'd make a good father? He asked as a distraction, just one of the millions of questions flying around his skull, none of them settling for very long. What? His friend choked out on his words, looking stunned, when Carlyle only looked steadily back at him. He gave a disconcerted sounding laugh before he finally answered, You know you'd make a good father. Your sister always tells you so. Heaven knows you've been a better fatherly influence on her boys than their biological waste of skin. When he was 23 and fallen in love with Esme, he briefly dreamed of the future he might have with her. He'd seen himself as a father. He'd wanted that badly. She'd died taking that dream with her burying it, so Carlyle had thought, but his brief time with Bella had reawakened thoughts of a permanent home, of the possibility of a family. He was still a young man, after all. He could have those things. Maybe not with Bella, but maybe. I don't know what happens next, he admitted, covering his face with his hands. His world felt upside down and unrecognizable. I know what you need, you crazy bastard. Alistair muttered, getting to his feet. Carlyle watched as he searched the room. He retrieved Carlyle's guitar and the notebook of liner notes he always kept by his close, kept close by, and shoved them at him. Here, focus, channel. You always make more sense when you speak this language. Carlyle's lips twisted as he ran his hands down the blank 
minor notes. Remembering how he'd been the equivalent of musically tongue-tied all week, trying to figure out what he wanted to say about Bella, just remembering that frustration had him feeling anxious. Just try, Alexter prompted. Grumbling, Carlisle put his hands to the guitar, tuning experimentally, testing the waters. If his fingers had a song for him, they would play. To his surprise, his fingers began moving, strumming, writing the story of the love he found, tasted, and let slip through his fingers. Frustrated, Bella pushed the stack of college applications away. Her eyes were stinging again. This was just stupid. She had spent less than 24 cumulative hours with this man. It was silly that she felt like she was getting over a breakup. It had been nothing. Shared kisses and touches with a man a little older than her father. Carlisle had kissed a lot of people. Holy God, he was a good kisser. But it shouldn't have felt like her heart was breaking. That night, there had been such an energy between them, a magnetism she couldn't deny no matter how much she told herself she was being a silly fangirl. No better than a stupid group who thought they'd had something special just because a rock star pressed them up against the dressing room door. Still, the way he'd looked at her, the way he'd kissed her the next morning, looking like it would kill him to let her go. She couldn't help but think they were on the same page, that he'd felt the same way she did. They had something that could have been beautiful. It was a romantic idea, but, but, okay, nope. It was a romantic idea, but at the end of the day, Bella was a practical person. She still had most of a year of high school left. He was still a rock star who traveled around the country, around the world, eight months out of the year. The instant he kissed her that first night in the hotel room, held to, the instant he kissed her that first night in his hotel room, fantasies of following him began to replace her daydreams of college in sunny locales. That was a that was a scary thought. Her mother would have gone in a heartbeat. She would have given up everything else for the adventure. But then again, even Renee, after having a baby at eighteen, had buckled down, earned her degree, and taught taught kindergarten to support Bella. Only when Bella, Bella was 17 and had decided on her own to live with Charlie and Forks did Renee strike out on the road with her man. It had its charm, but Bella had never understood the appeal until very recently. She shook that thought away, digging her fist into her eyes, breathing out a long, slow breath. She pulled the stack of applications toward her again. College would be its own adventure, she knew. Listlessly, trying not to remember the adrenaline of being just off the side of the stage watching him, Bella shifted through paperwork. She stopped when she came across one from the University of Chicago. When they were playing 20 questions and she asked where he actually lived, Carlisle had mused that Chicago was as much his home as anywhere else. It was where he spent the biggest chunk of time. He had a home there. His sister and his nephews were there. Really, she didn't care where she went for her bachelor's degree. Whether she ended up as a scientist, a doctor, or something else entirely, she didn't have her heart set on one specific school. Ignoring the voice in her head that told her she was fooling no one, Bella began to fill out the application. Okay, now, two years later. <laughs> two years? Whoa. 
Wow. Two years. Okay. Two years. We're only in chapter three. Okay. You know what? The next few chapters are all time jumps. The last chapter is like a five year time jump. Wow. Okay. okay. Two years later. Hey, Alice. I, oh, oh, geez. Bella threw her hands up over her eyes, ducking into the little kitchenette of the dorm she shared with her roommate, roommate Alice Brandon. Despite the fact her sophomore year had proved them with more spacious dorm, one where the living room and the bedroom they shared was separate. This was now the second time Bella had come home to the sight of Alice's boyfriend's lily white ass as he fucked her on the couch. (laughs) Give me a sec. Sorry, Bella, Jasper called. All clear. Alice was utterly unapologetic. It's your own fault. I was just exposing Jasper to that guy you got me into. That Cullen guy. Carlisle Cullen? Bella filled in, her lips quirking upward automatically. You know that song off the new album? It's impossible not to get all hot and bothered. Bella had turned away to cover her blush. She knew the song. It was about her. Them. Actually, that whole album was about her. About the two nights they spent together. At first, when the album came out, about three months before, she thought she had to be imagining things. It had to be coincidence. The way he sang about a girl who set his whole world spinning. And yes, there was one song. The lyrics were incendiary. The strum of his guitar quick, carrying the same fire. He took her right back to that night when his hands were on her bare skin. His full kisses full of extent. Even remembering the song without having to hear it, Bella rubbed the back of her neck. Every cell in her body, every inch of her skin was aware, switched on. She swallowed hard. As she sat down with her friend, her mind wandered. She didn't regret driving away from Carlisle Cullen that day. He was right to let her go. She certainly didn't regret the experiences she had, had just in her first year at the University of Chicago. And his life had changed too. How strange it was that she could watch his life from afar, the trials and pitfalls of celebrity. She tried not to dwell on how it could have been her burden too. He'd adopted a little boy on his own in the last year, even though he hated, she hated paparazzi pictures. They were so intrusive. She had to admit when she glimpsed them on magazines as she passed by, it made her feel a little warm inside to see him with the sun. It was undeniably sexy, his rock star with his sunglasses, his mini smile, his perfect mused hair, and a toddler boy in his arms. Well, hey, this Carlisle Cullen guy has a show coming up here in Chicago. Jasper's voice and Carlisle's name brought Bella out of her reverie. He had his phone in his hand and put his arm over Alice's shoulder. Should we go? Oh, yeah, I I like everything you've played for him, Bella. It'd be great to see him live. She turned to Jasper. Bella said she saw him a couple times when she was in high school. He, He was great, Bella murmured, a little dizzy as she remembered exactly how great. We can get a whole group together, Alice smiled as coy as she tapped on Bella's knee. That guy, the one I keep trying to introduce you to? 
He loves music. We should invite him too. Am I making Alice too high pitched? I mean, we're in too deep now. Just stick with it. <laughs> but yes. <laughs> I mean, listen, Alice is like a. Um, I wanted to make her sound flighty. That's what I was just going to say. She's kind of um, airheaded. Not airheaded, but like flighty. That's the term. That's a good term. Okay. Bella pursed her lips, rolling her eyes at her friend and roommate's persistence and shrugged nonchalantly. Sure, invite him. Again, she was distracted, remembering Alistair coming to her to bring her backstage. She'd purposely avoided his concerts these last two years, but now you never know what will be the beginning of something amazing, she murmured out loud. And that is the end of that chapter. Oh, man. So two years later, so she's what, 19, 20? 20. 20. Carlisle has a son. We finally met Alice and Jasper. Good for, I, I don't know what to say. I'm kind of, um, <laughs> this story is making me feel like uncomfortable. It's giving me a lot of feels like Carlisle's moving quick on with his life. Uh-huh. Like, good for him. He's older, so he should have a son. Yeah. So good for him. Happy for Bella. But now I, like, don't know where this is going to go. I'm hoping that they, like, lock eyes again at the concert. And he's like, oh, yeah, now you're older now with more experience. Let's um, try this again. Um, who do you think the boy's going to be that Alice is setting her up with? Edward? Probably. <laughs> the worst. So, but, yeah. I'm going to say Edward. He wrote it entire album about her right <laughs> so huh. I, I mean I, I'm getting a lot of mixed feelings from this chapter <laughs> yeah we already talked about how like it's um, like how improbable it is to fall in love within a few hours and like two meeting yeah. each other two times but Obviously, uh, two years later, she still has deep feelings for it, for him. Yeah, no, I mean, I get it. And I get it. She can't stop thinking about him. But I'm glad that she kind of moved forward with her life so that she can get experience and, like, not just sit and, like, except for Walt. Except for she, she chose a college in his hometown. But she's still at college. Yeah. And she's still making friends. So... I mean, it's getting her places. Yeah, hometown. Okay. A little creepy. but <laughs> So, but uh, we are on chapter three. We have four chapters left. So. Oh, I thought there was five chapters in total. There's, I don't know what I was counting. Uh, there's uh, eight, but I combined seven and eight into one, that's, one episode. Okay. Yeah, that's right. I don't know. I... For some reason, my head thought it was five. I just don't listen to you, clearly. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You walked here. in on Jasper and Alice having sex. <laughs> I mean, that's how that happens. It happens. I've had plenty of college roommates. I'm like, you fuckers. Like, can you just... Put something on the door. They have separate bedrooms. Like, she walked into the living room with them having sex. And I'd be like... No. I, 
they should have like a warning like on the main front door there. yeah and it, i would be like you have your own room yep and alice is like it's my yeah. it's your fault you introduced me to carlisle cullen's music and his songs made me hot <laughs> yeah that made me uncomfortable too <laughs> Got a little uncomfortable there. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> but, uh, so, well, I guess I should say thank you, Chaotix, for coming to uh, listen to us. And thank you for Lyrical Chris for letting us read this. It's been mm-hmm. quite an adventure so far. <laughs> it's been quite an adventure. I hope I'm not coming off harshly with this story. I do enjoy the story itself. I'm just... I have a lot of feelings. Miracle Chris <laughs> agrees with you with the whole eel Kyla Carlisle okay. as a sexual being. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is not but I do enjoy I do enjoy that. I really like this um new path that we're on with the not normal relationships or not normal um ships that we would see in fanfiction. Yeah. So that, that, that was my whole idea with the hell chaotic ships thing, because I didn't want to stick to the normal st- ships. Yeah, the normal. The crack- yeah. So, but um, I, I'm i really enjoying this, and as we I read in Lyrical Chris's chapter notes, they didn't want to write this. They wrote it for someone else. <laughs> well, it's beautifully written thus far i'm excited to see where this goes yes uh and i i think we're gonna have a little i, I know i know we're gonna have a lot more time time jumps because i have read this before <laughs> mm-hmm, before yeah so. well i'm definitely uh interested to see where it ends up so oh. well i guess uh we'll see you next week chaotics bye yep have a good chaotic thursday bye guys <laughs>